Hello and welcome to an episode of For Azeroth that I didn't really want to make. I have to inform, for those of you who are not in the Discord or don't follow us on social media, that Liv has parted ways with the show. She'll still be around, joining in the conversation in the Discord, on social media, and as a regular contributor for Realm Maintenance. So do look around for her there and wish her the best. As for myself, I unfortunately have some pressing in real life issues, which includes finding myself a job. Uh, that means that the show is going to go on a brief hiatus while I figure out the next steps and focus on the job search. However, this March is a big milestone for Frazroth. That will be five years since Joss, the legend herself, first brought this show back after its initial hiatus. And so I am going to try and do something big with a new format and with a couple of goodies for you guys that I hope to be sharing with you soon. However, for today, I'm going to share a interview that I had the pleasure of doing with Jessica Downey and my co-host Lex over at my other podcast, Going IRL. This is an interview where Jessica explained how she went through her career in content creation, making it something of a profession, and all the places that she has been before becoming the marketing manager of Warcraft for Blizzard Entertainment. For Kalendor. To the Burning Legion. For Gilneas. For Kazmatan. For the Lich King. For the Sindorai. For the Alliance. For the Horde. For Azeroth. My name is Jess Downey. I am the digital marketing manager of World of Warcraft. So I handle a uh, social for World of Warcraft. Yeah, congratulations on the new position. Um, Thank you. It really feels like you have found the exact position you should be in. This seems so much you. Thank you, I agree. As for uh, us, I'm Manny, also known as the True Villain Manny. I am one of the hosts of this show, Going IRL. Uh, you may also know me from for Azeroth and around the World of Warcraft universe. And of course, Lex, introduce yourself. I'm Lex. I'm also one of the hosts of this show um, and Team Divided, which is on its way back. Uh, and yeah, I, I spend all of my time making TikToks and playing World of Warcraft and not getting enough sleep. <laughs> so the one thing that all of us have in common is that we've been in content creation. And really, that's what this kind of conversation is about. So this thank you for joining us, really. You have been through just starting up, been working through the industry, and now you're on this end where people are now interviewing you about various things. So you know all the angles, all the aspects, and really wanted to mine some of that. Yes, absolutely. Mine away. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is, um, what was the inspiration that actually got you into content creation in the first place? Uh, well, uh, short answer, uh, first podcasting specifically, because that's where I started, uh, Kevin Smith, I was a huge Kevin Smith. Uh, he had a podcast, I think it's still going, uh, but I was a huge fan back in the day. Um, 
I had radio broadcast experience. I went to school for that for a little while. Um, I had audio editing uh, experience because I really wanted to be a rock star. That's still going to pan out probably at some point, uh, any day now. Um, I had a degree in theater and a background in singing and voice work. So it was, it was kind of perfect. And uh, obviously uh, my favorite thing back then, and obviously still is now is World of Warcraft. So, you know, uh, doing a, a Warcraft show was a no-brainer. Um, and Convert to Raid was my favorite show back in the day. Um, I wanted to produce shows just like Pat Crane and eventually did become the co-host of Convert to Raid many years later. And that's still one of my proudest achievements, bothering Pat Crane on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> so you started off initially with lagging balls or did you attempt to do anything else before that? Um, that was the first real endeavor into into content creation for real yeah back in 2015 i think okay and then of course going from there um one thing that you've always made clear is that you've had this love of music you constantly bring up lyrics and talk about different things and i think at one point you had put up a video about your ill-fated uh going through music videos <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I was working on a, a little home project, a little series last summer where I was going to go through all of my old favorite music videos and, you know, offer up bits of information about the song and the video, but mostly just poke fun at it. Um, that kind of fell through, but I wouldn't say it's off the table in the future. Um, but but yeah, I the issue I have is that uh, I can talk about old music trivia day and night easily um i can write really funny jokes about classic rock stars like sting and rod stewart easily uh that's peak comedy to me for some reason uh and that absolutely does not translate in most cases especially in video game content creation uh so i <laughs> yeah I, I i you know i would definitely think about doing content around music someday but uh but yeah yeah that's a it's a problem <laughs> has like your love of music influenced your content creation in other ways other than uh creating a podcast directly about it uh well um i i did try uh, the the rock star thing at the, at the beginning of the show that was half true that that was my initial plan for my life um it was really hard um so kind of noped out of that one uh but uh yeah i I would love to, you know, create something musical at some point. Uh, it would be really cool to, you know, start up some kind of, you know, fantasy metal band or like a like a musical comedy something or other, like your Tenacious D's and what have you. That would be cool. Absolutely. Are there any like lessons or moments that have really stuck with you from your early projects? Lessons or moments? Um, lots of really, really great moments. Most of them happening at BlizzCon, obviously. Um, but I think the the biggest lesson that I learned from my early days, uh, I think, is is to take the time to enjoy yourself in the midst of of everything. Um, when you're on the grind, producing content as much as you possibly can. Time can go by really fast. Um, back in the day, and I can't believe that I can call it back in the day already. That's not cool. Um, I was podcasting like twice weekly 
uh, about WoW, working full-time as a content creator for two video game Snapchat channels. And I remember one instance in particular, like I was on the train and I was researching patch notes from the day earlier. And, and it was, you know, after a full day of, of, of shooting an episode for Snapchat. And I was writing down notes because I had to jump on a live show as soon as I got home. And uh, like, I put my whole heart into, into all of that, but I rarely came up for air. And, you know, looking back on it now, like so many cool things are happening and not just like cool shows and, and cool content, but, you know, the the feedback and, and the communities and, and the friends and, you know, like the discord channels and, and, you know, the Twitter pages and just everybody like sharing and, and I don't know, becoming friends because of the, the content that we were all enjoying together and producing together. Like that, those were great times. And I wish that I had appreciated things. Like it's, it's not always about reaching a goal, you know, it's, it's enjoying it. Cause you know, assumedly you're enjoying what you're doing, hopefully. Okay. So you're talking about the grind and doing all those shows. Um, is there a part of the grind that you would do differently or uh, that you would improve upon? Um, I don't think so. It's tough when it's tough when you're, you're creating content for yourself and it's tough to know, you know, what, how much of my life am I going to throw into this? Um, but I, I wouldn't change anything at this point because uh, it, it, you know, got me to where I am now. So that's awesome. So I, I guess then the, the question that follows is, um, what lessons do you like know now that you kind of wish you knew when you first started out? Gotcha. Um, okay, this is a big one. Put your contact information everywhere. Everywhere. Your links everywhere. You never know when someone is going to be looking to collaborate with you, trying to share your content with their friends. Like, oh, I, I found this like cool podcast or this, this cool show. Let me find the link. And like five minutes go by and your friend's like waiting on that link. They're like, well, I'll, I'll get it one second. I think I saw it somewhere. Um, you never know if like, you know, somebody's looking to hire somebody like you who does the things that you do. Um, make sure your email and your links to all of your platforms are very easily accessible, like triple dummy proof, like just right there. Um, it's also very smart to create like a highlight reel of your best work that's easily accessible. But um, if I had known that uh, back then, like I, I feel like I would have opened myself up more for more opportunities, um, not even, not just for collaboration, but you know, who knows? Uh, but I definitely was not doing that. And now being in a position where I am now, um, you know, I want to know what the community's up to. I want to know like who is an up and comer, like who who is tweeting, like what's going on. And if I want to show people this person or I want to get a feel of what they do, I, I'm gonna need to see where that is. So that that's my best uh that's my best tip on that. <laughs> so when did you realize that you could really turn content creation from a hobby into a career? Um, well, it's, it started out slow. Um, I think when you've decided to convert your hobby into a job, you have to act as though you've got a boss who expects you to put the work in every day, but you don't, it's, it's just you. Um, you have to make your content creation part of your lifestyle, uh, something that you get used to working on 
regularly instead of something you pick up when you're bored, like a, like a normal hobby. And it's tough because like a hobby is usually something you do for fun for yourself. And it doesn't matter how good you are at it as long as you're having fun. Right. Um, but it can still be that way. Of course, if, if you decide to make a job out of it, but it definitely can be hard to put in the extra work and research and long hours into something that you just, you're just doing for the lulls, you know? Um, so once it it's tough at first trying to make it part of your lifestyle, but once it's something that you are doing every single day, just, you know, as a routine, like as you brush your teeth, as you let your cat out, you know, things like that. Um, that's when, that's when you can start considering, you know, is, could this be a career? Am I enjoying myself? Am I churning out the content that I want to see that I'm comfortable making? Just got to get to that point. It's tough, but you can do it. Was there like a moment that felt like, oh, like I could do this? Or was it more of just kind of that like slow burn? Um, I feel like I get really enthusiastic about things. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask for that, that question. Um, but, you know, once you start having fun and I think when you start noticing that people are also having fun because of the things that you're doing, that's when you know, or at least that's when I knew. <laughs> okay. Like when, when people started writing into the show and being like, cool show. <laughs> like, thanks. How long were you doing lagging balls before you started getting those kind of emails before it really started picking up? Months. Uh, in, in the podcast biz, I'm sure you guys are aware, like uh, the old saying is if you get past episode 10, you're fine. Um, it's it's very slow, especially for podcasting. And I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who started in 2015. I'm very aware that podcasts are, are very much at the forefront right now and everybody has one and everybody should podcasts are great. It's fun. Um, but, uh, at least back then, um, it's tough because, you know, your best friend is listening usually and your, your mom is listening. She says, very good. I don't know what you're talking about, but good job. And that can be discouraging, but like, you know, you just, just consistency is key. Just keep, keep pushing. That's, that's, that's the best thing you can do. Okay. And so shifting gears a little bit, um, beyond your time for podcasting on Lagging Balls and Convert to Raid, you also worked with like several social media co companies and visual mediums with your time in TryHard. Um, what are some of like the unique issues with those mediums and like making that sort of uh, switch? Well, uh, it was working with TryHard. Uh, TryHard is um, a Snapchat channel um, and it's it's content um, mainly on Snapchat and it's still going actually. Um, I'd say the most unique issue at that time in the early days was making sure that all content, including interviews, polls, news, memes, uh, you know, clipping little, little Twitch like clips and, and making them kind of vertical was, was making sure all of that was suitable for vertical phone viewing. And now with TikTok, obviously that's like definitely not a unique issue anymore. Um, but like back in the day, shooting interviews with like eSport players and having to stand like extraordinarily close to them to get into frame, that was definitely weird. Um, but that was back then. I'm, I'm sure now it's, it's, it's normal. <laughs> okay. Um, so 
did you find yourself um starting over to build on like each plat uh, platform that you went to i guess for you you really got to transplant one following from like let's say lagging balls to convert to raid was the same true when you went from uh convert to raid to uh try hard did, were you able to transfer your audience over from platform to platform or was it really a starting over process gotcha well uh with with lagging balls and converterade, to um it it all kind of became very much the same thing uh the same listeners the same audience which was fantastic um we were really lucky uh the the ctr community was and always has been extremely welcoming and uh enthusiastic um so that that was a huge that was a huge win for for all lagging balls back in the day um on tiktok oh sorry on snapchat um that was very different. Um, it was weird. Um, people knew me as, you know, the girl from from Try Hard and, and Level Up, and they had no idea who I actually was. Um, <laughs> but they they found out pretty quickly. Um, but I think in general, when you have an established audience on one platform at least, um, concentrate on that platform until you feel confident that you can upkeep on other platforms. Um, don't commit to like a Discord server or, or a TikTok account if you don't see yourself being able to keep up with the engagement and the content production on those platforms. Um, like I said, consistency is is key. Um, if you feel that you can do that, your audience will follow, like just like uh, CTR did to to LB and and you know uh, LB to CTR. Um, but yeah, if, if you can do that, your audience will follow. Also listen to your audience. Like where where do they want you to be? Um, and then try to figure out like what unique things you can provide on each platform that will entice your followers to like follow and subscribe to yet another platform, you know? Absolutely. What can new and smaller content creators really do to set themselves up for success as they're going through this process of like building an audience? Well, um, uh, I kind of, I was thinking about this, um, and I have top three tips. This top three tips, it's very easy to say. Um, number one, uh, understand that success comes slowly. Uh, like I said, um, the only way to achieve it is to be consistent, consistent in your content creation and consistent in your growth as a creator. Like if, if you can commit to Mondays and Thursdays, you let your audience know Mondays and Thursdays, that's it. And guess what? On Sunday and Wednesday, your audience is going to be, you know, thinking, dude, I can't wait till tomorrow because that show I like is coming out. And then when it does come out, they're like, yes, I'm here for this. And then when it's over, it's like, man, I cannot wait until Monday and Thursday. And, you know, giving, giving your audience and like, I'm sure that's, that's kind of obvious. Like I have a lot of YouTube creators and, and podcasters that, you know, have a schedule and then, you know, I can apply that to my life. Um, so if you can have that, and if you're always trying to grow as a creator, never stifle yourself, always try new things, then you're golden. That's, that's tip number one. Tip number two, don't invest in like super expensive equipment yet. I've seen so many, like that was the first tip I got back in the day. I was literally recording on a headset microphone in front of me without the ears on on a laptop in a bathroom in chicago um 
yeah, just, just don't, um, invest in yourself first. Like what, what are you best at? What is your unique angle? What can you bring to the table that nobody else can nurture that and put it into your content? And finally, and this, this was the most important one for me personally, um, figure out your motivator. What motivates you to create? Like what is going to motivate you to make this part of your lifestyle? What's going to motivate you to be your own boss telling you to, to, to keep putting out content. Um, it can be anything from like satisfaction of content well-produced, uh, contributing to a community, uh, sharing your passions, working towards career goals, love, spite, jealousy. Um, just kidding, but but not really. Like if you're having feelings of spite and jealousy, you could put that negative energy into your content creation and churn out positive results and and thus positivity itself. I don't know. <laughs> Getting a little deep here, but uh, but yeah. So hopefully that helps. Honestly, that that's uh, all good answers. <laughs> that's what we had for the prepared questions. So at this point, I'm going to ask some questions. Obviously, Alex, jump in anytime. Um, but I guess what was the hardest part of your journey? Like, what was the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome? I needed to learn how to stop procrastinating. I've always had that problem personally. Um, and it's, it's not something like if, if you're a hardcore procrastinator, which I always have been, it, it is not an easy process to figure out how to stop doing that. And even now I could not tell you, no, that's not true. I think I overcame procrastination by just truly having fun with what I was doing. Um, and you know, there were days where I wasn't having fun with what I was doing and then I would be procrastinating. And those were the days where I, you know, really, really felt like I had a lot to learn and, and, and had to grow a lot. Um, so I, th I think that was probably one of, if not the biggest hurdle for me. Um, cause you know, when you're, trying to push out content creation and that's like writing a script uh editing audio um uploading um you know marketing yourself telling everybody about it you know all that stuff that's like a five-hour process that's like a like a two-day process split up like that's it's not fun you know like recording's fun or like doing the video like doing the fun parts is, are fun but then you've got so much else to do and yeah so i think as long as you really love what you're doing and you can get excited about it and you have like people around you who are excited about what you're doing too that's a huge bonus so so try to have that you know go go find those people even if it's just your mom <laughs> or your uncle that's fine it'll help would what would you say was like the best part is it just the people around you oh yeah 100 percent. oh it, it, it just the, the coolest thing about World of Warcraft, there's tons of cool things, obviously, but the coolest thing for me is that, you know, there's there's so many people from so many walks of life and World of Warcraft is so big and multifaceted and it's it's been around for such a long time that there are just like so many people waiting in the wings, seemingly, to embrace you and to be enthusiastic with you and to share like what they're working on and to be your friend and to play games with you. And 
if that's not the coolest thing, I don't know what is. And of course, like it all culminates in BlizzCons, right? Um, or like your own little personal meetups or hanging out with your raid team. But, you know, back in the day, like even just hanging out on Discord, it was so much fun. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's the people. It's the people. So you were talking about like all those fun parts, but you're also saying that there was stuff outside of the fun parts that you have to do. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say that like, sometimes it's as much about what you do outside of your show, outside of the Twitch stream or outside of the podcast that helps make uh, your path through. What would you say are like the more important things that you should be doing outside of actually the creation of the content? Gotcha. Uh, well, if you can, so the, the super boring part, Maybe that's not true because I, I find it actually pretty interesting. But learning how to market yourself um, can be extremely beneficial. Um, you know, like I said, making your information very, uh, very easily to find, uh, making it so that your community knows exactly when and how they can reach you and watch your watch your show or listen to your show or what have you. Um, but just kind of figuring out like what your demographic is, where your audience is hanging out what they want to hear, how they consume their media, all of those things, like knowing those things can help a lot. Um, I got a piece of advice from Pat Crane back in the day and he said, you know, if possible, if somebody asks you to collab, say yes, you know, if, if you can, but you know, try to say yes to every opportunity. Um, and I really, I really ran with that. And, you know, it, it's it can start out as you know a, a, your own small show collabing with another small show and then that community gets to know you and vice versa and then you know suddenly you're collabing with a bigger show maybe you're doing a guest appearance somewhere else and that community comes in and you know it's and it's not just about audience growth it's also about your own personal growth because meeting these creators working with them and inviting them to bring like what they have to the table that's you learning, you know, like it's, it's tough when you're on your own as a creator, because you're typically not in an office setting where you're working with many talented people from lots of different backgrounds. You don't have that. So you have to make sure that you're open to those opportunities and that people know that they can come to you and be like, Hey, I saw you collabing with this show. I love that show. Do you want to be on my show? And you're like, yes, new friend, teach me what you know, you know, who, who do you know? What do you know? What are you doing? And, uh, you know, that's also a really great way to make friends, which is the ultimate goal. How have things changed for you as you transitioned from like a brand new small hobbyist, like how you're like thinking about things to a more established content creator? Oh, well, uh, I had to think a lot about what I was putting out. Um, at first it was, it was like, this is a good idea, probably. I'll just try it, you know, like I'll, I'll just put anything out there. Um, listening to your, to your own content, like at the beginning, like many years later, it's, it's pretty cringe. Um, but you have to pat yourself on the back. Cause that's, that's the hardest part. Right. Um, but as, as you, as you go, uh, hopefully you're, you're learning and, and trying new things and, eventually uh you just have to be a little bit more thoughtful about what you're putting out and kind of how you are presenting yourself in your content um it's 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 easy for uh your community or or anybody on the internet to kind of 
get the wrong impression of you based on what you're saying and doing or how you're you're coming off in your content and uh you just really think about that like 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 look at your own content pretend you're somebody else and and wonder like what would I think of me if I wasn't me listening to this? Like if I had absolutely no idea who this person was and you're, you're listening to this person, how do they come off? Um, and that's, and that's something that I learned. Like I, I definitely did sound a little too nonchalant back in the day. And uh, you know, once I kind of figured out who I wanted to be and, and how I wanted people to perceive me, it got a lot easier uh, to kind of, stick to that. I won't say character because I was definitely just being myself, but you know, better version, I guess. Um, we've all had those like reviews where he, somebody is just taking, taking it to you or whatever. How do you like, how do you deal with those reviews? Are you looking at the message and trying to find the truth in it? Do you just say, forget the haters? Like how, how do you respond to some of the negative feedback that you might get? Gotcha. The <laughs> sorry, the first negative review I ever got personally from from the LB podcast was uh was all true. Uh this person pegged me uh and and this, you know, it, it kind of uh leans into what I was just saying. Um I decided to record my podcast after I got severely tilted about something in game and I decided, you know, a fun rant about being tilted in game because of other people in game solid a plus content uh it's not it isn't um and you know i thought that i was being kind of funny um i thought that you know people would want to hear me be super angry and tilted they don't typically um and and also and most importantly like that's not how i wanted to come off ever i did not i didn't want to come off as a negative video game player or a negative video game fan or a negative person in general. Um, and this, this negative review on, uh, you know, exactly what I'd said on my own show was absolutely true. It, it, it was very biting. There's a lot of language, um, that probably didn't need to be there, but the, the person was right. And I, I owned up to it on the next show. I, you know, I said, look, I, I messed up. I, I shouldn't have recorded in that moment. That was dumb of me. And I, I don't want anybody to think of me like that. So I apologize. And this, this review is, is absolutely true. You know, you'll get uh scathing reviews that aren't true. Um, but then you just kind of have to, I think, I think as a, as a human with emotions, like we all are, um, it's, it's, it's easy to, to see all of the positive feedback that you get on something and think, okay, cool. I'm, I'm doing okay. And then you see one negative review, true or not could be just somebody's opinion. And all of a sudden, like, that's the only review that matters. Like, that's the only review that's like making you feel anything. And it's, I think I personally, I don't know how to, to beat that feeling because I, I still get it sometimes, but you know, once you've calmed down and you're in a, in a place a couple of days later where you can objectively look at, at this review without feeling too emotionally terrible about it you know try to to read it in the third person pretend you're you know a fan of your own show is is this true like is this objectively true or is this you know somebody trying to be mean to me or is it you know uh, just somebody's opinion is there anything i can gain from this is there anything i can learn from this and if not 
Just don't think about it. Don't read it. Don't ever think about it again. Well, honestly, um, that's all the questions that I had. Did you have any questions left? Sorry, Lex. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that was uh, that was all for me, too. Thank you so much. This was absurdly helpful. Um, and I really appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's really cool to talk about this stuff. Um, and uh, I just I just really appreciate it. Um, this was so much fun. I never get to do podcasts anymore. And uh, it's, it's nice to flex the old muscle. <laughs> I need some ice, but it's fine.